Hello, and welcome back to Damn Good Movie Memories. I'm your host, Brian Davis. For this episode, we're going to get into arguably one of the greatest movie directors ever, and that's Alfred Hitchcock. He's definitely one of my favorites. Um, the cool thing about Hitchcock is his career is was extremely long. Uh, it started in the 1920s during the silent era and lasted all the way through to the mid-1970s until his death in 1980. He's well known for his TV show in the 1950s, um, but you could... You know, there are people that definitely enjoy his his early work, his British films, and there are people that only know about his later era. You know, in the in the late fifties and in early nineteen sixties. And so that's what the cool part about this discussion will be. Um, you're gonna have a wide range of people uh, discussing, you know, his early work who really appreciate that, and then you're gonna hear people that really only know his his better known films. And so with someone like Hitchcock, this is one of those cool directors that we could actually, you know, get a wide range of, of subjects. So for me, I'm going to go through my top 10 list of uh, my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're the best, but they are my favorite. Okay, for number 10 on my list, I'm going to go with The Lady Vanishes from 1938. This is a very cool early Hitchcock film and stars Margaret Lockwood, Michael Redgrave, and Dame Mae Whitty. So I always found it amusing that Hitchcock eventually made a movie called Strangers on a Train, because essentially The Lady Vanishes very easily could have been named the same thing. So if you don't know already, the plot involves Iris, played by Lockwood, uh, meets a kind elderly woman named Mrs. Froy, and that's Dame Mae Whitty. And so she's traveling by train through Europe. However, soon after meeting Mrs. Froy, she disappeared, and everyone on board denies even seeing her on the train. So I- Iris is you know, like incredulous, and that nobody has has ever seen um, Mrs. Froy before, and so she begins to question her own sanity. Now, this kind of topic of questioning your own sanity is is very common in uh, Hitchcock films. Um, but eventually, a man named Gilbert, and that's Michael Redgrave. Uh, believes Iris's story and offers to help find Mrs. Freud. So you're kind of going through these weird trials and tribulations to figure out, you know, where could this woman have gone on the train? It's very Hitchcockian. And of course, like all Hitchcock movies, you know, nothing is ever as it seems. And the, and the movie kind of takes you on a wild ride. So number nine on my list of favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies is Frenzy from 1972. This is one of his more underrated films, in my opinion. Uh, Many times I ask uh, film buffs if they've ever seen this movie, and they often say no. I mean, they know, obviously, the classic Hitchcock films, but I think a lot of people kind of disregarded a lot of his films after the... Um, you know, the, after the early 1960s, which is a shame because Frenzy is awesome and it's a great um, murder mystery following a serial killer. So while it might not be as good as his best known work, it's definitely worth checking out. And, and part of the reason I think Frenzy might not be remembered is due to the cast not really featuring a big name star. And this kind of goes back to his British roots. So again, the movie follows a serial killer in London who the police cannot track down. And so they believe they have their man, but of course they really don't. Um, And it's a Hitchcock film, so nothing is ever as it seems. Number eight on my list is Dial M for Murder from 1954. 
It's the first of three Hitchcock films to star the stunningly beautiful Grace Kelly. It's also one of the better-known single-location films that Hitchcock was so fond of. Um, Co-starring in Dial M is Ray Milland and Robert Cummings. So if you didn't know already, the quick plot involves Milland trying to murder his wife, played by Grace Kelly. When things don't go according to plan, and of course they never do, Milan has a dastardly backup plan. Number seven on my list is North by Northwest from 1959. Cary Grant stars in his fourth and final film collaboration with Alfred Hitchcock. This is another amazing Hitchcock film, which has tons of suspense action and, of course, a terrific plot. Cary Grant is amazing as always, this time playing a man who has a case of mistaken identity and is being chased across the United States by some weird international organization trying to smuggle secrets back to their country. Eva Marie Saint continues the tradition of attractive blondes cast by Hitchcock, and James Mason is also excellent as the co-starring role as the quote-unquote real spy. Of course, everyone remembers the Mount Rushmore scene, and of course for good reason. The shots are amazing, and then the climax of the movie is incredibly tense and exciting. Nobody was better than Hitchcock at keeping you on the edge of your seat. Number six on my list, To Catch a Thief from 1955. This was the third and final Hitchcock movie that starred Grace Kelly. It seemed like she was in a ton of movies in general and a lot of Hitchcock films, but it was only three Hitchcock films. The chemistry between Cary Grant and Grace Kelly is amazing, and this is one of Hitchcock's best films, or at least best known films. Cary Grant plays a retired cat burglar, or so we think, who comes out of retirement to catch another cat burglar who is wreaking havoc on tourists in the French Riviera. During his investigation, he meets the beautiful Grace Kelly and then, of course, begins a relationship with her. The rest of the movie is kind of a cat-and-mouse game between Grant, Kelly, and the police, and possibly the quote-unquote real burglar. That's the thing about Hitchcock movies. They're never what they seem. Number five on my list, Strangers on a Train from 1951. This is one of Hitchcock's best films that a lot of people have either never seen or simply never heard of. The film stars Fairley Granger, Robert Walker, and Ruth Roman, and it's about two men who have a chance meeting on a train, as the title suggests. One is an up-and-coming tennis player, that's Granger, while the other is a socialite with psychopathic tendencies, that being Robert Walker. The two have a theoretical discussion about committing murder and how they each should kill the other person's target in order they would never be caught because they never met each other before this. You can kind of see where this one is headed. And if you haven't, then you got to do yourself a favor and see this movie. Number four on my list, The Birds from 1963. This is where it starts to get a little difficult for me because all of the movies going forward on my list are kind of interchangeable. It can go either way. And uh, four very, but the birds could very easily be my number one film. But for statistical purposes, we're going to make the birds number four. I believe this was the second Alfred Hitchcock movie I saw that my dad actually recommended. Um, personally, I always liked how the movie was filmed in the San Francisco Bay Area in Bodega Bay because this is where I grew up and this is where I still live. 
And much like the first film that I saw uh, for Alfred Hitchcock, my dad told me next to nothing about this film, except that somebody gets their eyes poked out by some birds. Thanks a lot, Dad. Uh, I heard a great story about Hitchcock's plan about a potential ending for the film. So if you've seen this bird, so if you haven't seen the birds, there's going to be some spoilers, but you know how the movie ends, and it it ends ominously um, with tons of birds kind of just resting calmly as Rod Taylor and Tippi Hendren slowly drive away from their Bodega Bay house. Now, this house had been just ravaged by the birds, so they're calm at this point. So one of Hitchcock's ending ideas, and their storyboards to validate this, was to have Taylor and Hendon drive off thinking that everything was okay because the bird's kind of flown away and they're calm now. But as Taylor and Hendon continue to drive, the Golden Gate Bridge comes into view. And as they get closer, their eyes fill with horror as the bridge is completely covered with birds that are just waiting for them. Now, to me, that would have been an amazing ending, but I don't think they could afford it, and that's why you get the ending that eventually came out. Number three on my list is Notorious from 1946. Now again, I've stated it's really difficult to pick a favorite Hitchcock movie for me, but again, Notorious was pretty easy to put in my top five. I've already stated my fondness of Cary Grant, but then now in Notorious, you have the incredibly talented and beautiful Ingrid Bergman, along with a very much underrated Claude Rains. To me, Claude Rains kind of is the glue that puts everything together in this film. He is so good in it. Hitchcock movies kind of always take you on an unexpected journey, and I think that's why his movies still resonate with movie fans, and that they're still fresh and unique, and we're way ahead of their time. Now again, this film may be a little dated to some because it is post-World War II, but the it's the plot, and the plot always is, it always resonates with people, and it always holds up. Dorius really keeps the suspense going throughout the film. And again, Claude Rains is terrific as the villain. So even though I own this film on DVD and see it many times, I often attend screenings of the film at the famous Stanford Theater in Palo Alto, California. And they often have Hitchcock festivals, and I make sure that I see this one. So if you've never been there, and you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, definitely check out um, the Stanford Theater. If you're an old movie buff, you'll just have a wonderful time. Number two is Rear Window from 1954. Nobody was better than Alfred Hitchcock at keeping the suspense and interest in a movie while having the entire movie shot in only one place. Rope and Lifeboat come to mind, but nothing is better than Rear Window at doing this. This film features James Stewart and Grace Kelly, and again, I don't care what era, Grace Kelly was the most beautiful woman ever. To think how legendary of an actress she was, and that she retired from acting at the age of 26. I mean, she's basically like the Beatles of acting. She only appeared in 11 movies total, and almost all of them are classics. Again, she starred in three Alfred Hitchcock movies, and all three of them are on my list. The best thing about Rear Window is the tension and suspense. It's just tremendous. You know, the scene where Grace Kelly is in Raymond Burr's apartment while James Stewart watches in agony because he has a broken leg, and she has no idea what is unfolding. Is really the suspense at its finest. That's the greatest quality of Hitchcock movies. The scariest thing isn't what you see, it's what your mind is thinking it's going to see. Hitchcock proved that time and time again. Okay, you made it all the way to the end of my list. 
so I won't keep you in suspense any longer, but I'm sure you can guess what it is. Number one on my list of my personal favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies is Psycho from 1960. So this was the very first Alfred Hitchcock movie I saw. So basically I remember my dad telling me a story about when he saw Psycho in the theater when it first came out when he was a kid. At first he just said if I wanted to see a great classic suspenseful thriller, I needed to see the original Psycho. Now he didn't give me any specifics about the movie, just that the kid next to him jumped out of his seat. <laughs> so immediately I wanted to see Psycho. Eventually, after I saw the film, he gave me the details of what happened of his particular experience. According to my dad, who was about 12 or 13 at the time, he said that the kid next to him nearly jumped out of his seat during the shower scene, and then the scene where Mrs. Bates comes racing at, with a knife at the detective who was walking up the stairs in the Bates Motel. Now, in the DVD commentary, it was said that Alfred Hitchcock specifically requested theater owners that once the film started, that no additional patron be, be allowed into the theater. Now, this was just a brilliant promotional tool, along with the fact that Hitchcock didn't want anyone to miss out on any parts of the movie. The other really uh, star of the film is the amazingly simple score, which really sets the, uh, the tone and sets Psycho apart from you know most suspense, suspense movies. Uh, the screeching violin sound adds so much tension, and then the suspense, you know, the viewers actually tricked into believing they're seeing much more than they really are. That's where Hitchcock was his best. Anyway, you will enjoy the rest of the interviews I have, but that is my top 10 list. If you haven't seen all of these Hitchcock movies, I highly recommend you do. And I'll be back later to discuss more. Okay, we're back with Sarah, and we're going to talk about our favorite Hitchcock movies. So, what are your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies? Oh, just the black and white ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, we're going to get pretentious. Yeah, on this no, 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 no. Okay. I well, you just you, you explained to me which that was. There was one that was, the birds was in color, and I don't know why. I, I remember that now. I just read about how he Alfred Hitchcock did not like LA at all mm -hmm. and he only filmed like one scene or one at, down there I think it was at a, like a warehouse or a studio because mm -hmm. he disliked it so much and I did not know that he lived in Scotts Valley yeah where my dad's hood is um and so everything was filmed which I love I love movies that are filmed like in air like San Francisco yeah. or stuff that I know right you're like well, did you ever see uh, um Play Misty for me no well yeah <laughs> well, we can Carmel. talk about yes we can definitely uh, talk about it Clint Eastwood does a lot of it um it was Santa Rosa, The Shadow of a Doubt, and so was yeah. There, yeah. There's there's a list of all of them. Like he did, like all these mm -hmm. you know areas up here. I was like, mm -hmm. yes, that's awesome. Well, he, he hated did. to do um, you know on location things. He just liked sets he, like rear window. Oh, he did. Yeah, he just yeah. like yeah. He's he's an interesting little butterball. Yeah, kind of guy. <laughs> uh, he was like obsessed with one of his with them. Um, what's her name? Was it Tippy or Tippy Andron? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who is whose mom? It is. Um, we just talked about wait, who's whose mom is that? Well, how did I know that? Is it Kira Sedgwick? No, no, dang it! Can you, who is it? Uh, did I tell you this? Was I the one? No, who you on she's this? married to Antonio Banderas. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Melanie Griffith. Yes. Okay, I was getting her confused with the other girl that messed up her face. Yeah. Um, the one from uh, Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan. <laughs> yes, she did. I get her a little confused. <laughs> they mess up their face. She's kind of like she's a little jokerish. Yeah. But, um, I my first Hitchcock movie mm -hmm. was Psycho. Okay. Which it should be everyone's. Let's just be yeah. honest. Um, and 
you know, that I watched some, they had a really hard time getting that movie released because it was very like risque for its time. Like the whole shower scene, even though you see her from barely, like you don't even know if you see her shoulders because the idea that somebody was going to like, I mean, people are still filming in two different beds. Like they'll have married couples and sleep. That's true in the beginning. They never did. You know, that never was, never happened. They just did that for film. And I always assumed that it was like that in homes across America. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. Nobody slept in separate beds. It was except like, for uh, Lucy. I love Lucy. Yeah. yeah. All of that. It was like they never slept in separate beds. Yeah. They just did that for TV because they it was too awkward. It's like, yeah. how about just don't film a scene in the bedroom? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> but anyway. So, uh, yeah. it ha- and, the, and just the stabbing scene. So, they <laughs> you I know know this, but yeah. they took the sound was a melon. Yes. And they stabbed the melon. Mm-hmm. That was stabbing. And, and I remember hear, watching that and being like, <gasps> Oh, oh God, that just that sta- even to yeah. this day, hearing that kind of sound, sure. that gash, ugh. and they use the um, Hershey syrup for the yeah. for in the shower scene because it has consistency, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. But the great part about that song, like the, the, the violins, uh, it's so simple, right? But it's so freaky again. Yeah. So is Michael Myers, yeah. It's like who's do do do, it's like yeah. I can play that's the one thing I can play on the piano. <laughs> It's it says yeah. a lot about you. Right, yeah, they come yeah. and well, and Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, there's nothing to there's it. There's nothing to that's, it, and yet it freaks us all out. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I, that's so funny. I mean, that's another show, like the weird three note soundtracks that like scared the shit out of maybe us. Maybe because there's maybe silence in like there's it's not filling up right, room, and you're you know? just waiting for something to spring out at you or yes. do whatever. But um, yeah, you know, and as far as a villain, it was like somebody said, oh, you know, Anthony Perkins, it was you know the worst villain, and I'm yeah. like, I just felt bad for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually yeah. am like, from a psychological standpoint, his like mom jacked him. Now, did you feel bad for him in the middle of the movie, or did you finally when it all comes out? I think more. I don't know. From the beginning, I kind of was like, oh, he's kind of lacking self esteem. Yeah. He just seems a little uncomfortable. He's like yeah. that drama geek, and he's got no friends. Mm-hmm. And and then I think throughout the whole movie, like, and then you kind of figure out what's going on. And then when you realize his mom, he's and he's talking, you're like, oh. <gasps> Oh yeah, that's gonna leave a mark. Yeah, it smells up a little bit, but <laughs> it, you know, then you're there was the scene where she's, you know, he's got the fly in his hand. He's like, you're not even gonna swat that fly. It's yeah. like, poor guy, he's just a mess. Yes. And then I watched. It was the '80s. Was a sequel. Yeah. One, and I still felt bad for him. <laughs> you know. You did actually watch. Yeah. It. Poor which guy. Sequel, which um, Chuck was not involved with. I know. Yes. Right. Sorry. So, but I just think Anthony yeah. Perkins. I liked him. He was. Did he do anything else? He did. No. He was on a lot of stuff. He, he was, was in a baseball <laughs> movie called Fear Strikes Out, which is actually is a true story about Jimmy oh. Pearsall. It was he he was he was schizophrenic. And so, yeah. My kind of movie. Night. <laughs> when, the, was this, but, when did this come out? i got to write this like down. Like in the 50s, I want to say. But the, the thing was, he, as a baseball fan, he's a horrible baseball player. He couldn't even throw the ball or anything like that. Oh, he was a fan. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. No, he was, he put, he's playing a ball player in the Oh, I get you. But Anthony you. Perkins cannot play baseball. And so um, the acting was good, but the baseball scenes are terrible. You're like but, fully aware that's yes, not his thing. Exactly. Oh, but it is an area, but it's a true story. So you might want to see. i have to write that down. Fear Strikes Out. That's yeah. a good one. Um, so and other Hitchcock movies. The, the Birds, which I just last night saw, um, that that actually happened in Capitola. Mm-hmm. It's like some weird bird epidemic. But what exactly? Do you, I I didn't finish watching. I'm gonna have to look that up. But it did they get sick? Or I don't know what the cause of it. I, if I remember correctly, they just they all kind of died. Uh, well, yeah, and they, I think they might have attacked too. Like, right, they're slamming they, they, into windows and all. Yeah, sorts of it was stuff. isolated. So, but I yeah. I was no. I started to watch. I hear that, and I'm like, oh, I guess I should have paid attention. But yeah, so then Hitchcock living in Scotts Valley yeah. must like decided that. But that one was 
like you think, oh, birds are harmless. I got attacked by a bird. When? Just recently, <laughs> my friend had this bird, and it was like a cockatoo. It's mm -hmm. like this big, not even like maybe eight inches, not six inches, mm -hmm. standard freaking blush-wearing cockatoo. Isn't that a cockatoo? Yeah. cockatoo. Yeah. And I walk in, it's on its perch, and I just kind of walk over, it grabs a hold of my, like, look, and then starts pecking at me. And let's like, and I'm like, mother, I'm all, I'm all, oh my God, I've never been, like, that hurt. They're little beaks. So I, I could see why that would be a problem for yeah. if you were being attacked by tons of birds. Were they possessed in the movie? I don't even remember. They never really explain why. No. And um, they're circling, and do, but it's like, yeah, I just remember the scene where she's, like, bleeding, and they're, yeah. and were any birds harmed in the filming of that movie? I don't think so. But the, um, no, I won't give it away. So Oh, yeah, because yeah, in case I, haven't, I don't remember yeah, it all. Yeah. No, the other great scene out of uh, the psych, was it when they pull up the car? Yes. Out yeah. of the, mm, that's yeah, got from the great. river, yeah. And, yeah, and she's in the trunk, isn't she? She is in the trunk. That's the yeah. first one. Y yes. Yeah, speaking you're of. The one, you're the only one that's going to say it's the first one because almost never, nobody's no, ever seen the two. Right, and, and it's yet. not Hitchcock, so yeah. it's like you can't even say it. <laughs> But it it was technically the movie, but yeah, it wasn't Hitchcock. Yes. Was he even alive then? No, he, I think he was dead in the late he 70s. He held it? When did he die? I want to say he was in the late 1970s, probably in the 70s or 80s. Of what? Yeah. We should, I'm going to have to look uh, that don't, Write don't. that down. Yeah, okay, I will. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Okay, so we're here with super producer Lindley. <laughs> Who will host the show if I'm ever sick, according to my father. So. Oh, thank you, You're Mr. Welcome. Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I'll thank you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> Tell him I said thank you. There, well, he'll have to listen now. Okay, so we're going to do Alfred Hitchcock movies this week, and so which is a great subject, and he had so many ranges of movies. Yeah. Um, but most people, I think, at least our generation, probably knows his, his later films better, or at least the mid Oh, later. really? I would say, yeah, so Psycho and, and things like that. Yeah. Oh, later. Yeah. yeah so not as early British course, films. Sorry, not yeah. as early ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. So for you, what are the, the films that stuck out for you and what was the first one you saw? I mean, I, I feel like it must have been Psycho, but that sounds crazy that we... There was even a period in the 80s where my friend and I would rent older movies like mm -hmm. we just both liked older movies but we rented psycho i think we even had a crush on norman bates for a while like why i don't know it was like retro to another gay yeah i know that's right we were just talking about gay. this yeah he wasn't really a leading man but yeah. um no, I yeah, was. yeah was he anthony perkins anthony perkins i don't yeah. know if he was a leading man but yeah yeah that's funny um i even remember watching psycho too which was not yeah the remake two, i yeah. think it came out in the 80s it and that did. maybe prompted us to watch i don't know the original yeah. So you saw Psycho 2 and possibly Psycho 3 before the original Psycho? I don't know if I... No, no, no. Okay. Definitely not. Um, I don't know that I ever... I never saw Psycho 3. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Psycho there is, 3. There is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's terrible. And um, did you see the remake with... Uh, wasn't it Vince Vaughn? Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. I watched that. Yeah. It was... Eh. I, why no would you redo for a it by, But they also did... They redid it and did it shot for shot. Like, they redid oh. it exactly as the original. So it was fine acting. It was okay, but... Yeah. yeah, no, nothing compared to the first one. So seeing Psycho did it totally, because I know you're kind of a scary guy, but <laughs> so did the, the shower scene and the, yeah. the stairs and all that. Did that throw I on? remember having to drive, I think I was at my friend's house and mm -hmm. we were like 17 or so. It was probably on a Friday night because, you know, I remember back to the date stories I didn't date, so. The video stories I was my hanging friend. out with my friend crushing on Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. How sick is that? Um, I remember being really scared to drive back to my house, which was like, you know, a two-minute drive from it's my still, friend's house, but still yeah. it scared me. Yeah. Um, 
That was the wild high school party person I was that we stayed home. Um, yeah, yeah, so top ten. I don't know. I love The Trouble with Harry. Um, That's one that a lot of people don't mention. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that one. It's so cute and funny. I guess it's dark because there is a dead body involved, but there's it's always comedic. A, yeah. There's always comedic elements in all of his movies. movies yeah, but that was definitely. probably the more... That one and Mr. and Mrs. Smith from 1941 are yeah, his two kind so of I don't most... Know that, I haven't watched that one. Yeah, that's one of the early ones. Yeah, but do you remember on... Because you grew up in the Bay Area, yeah. so Channel 44, Channel oh, 2 yeah. would always show Vertigo, oh, The yeah. Man Who Knew Too Much. So I watched all those yeah. very early and with the commercial breaks. I think it was those two in particular... Is, which is the one with Doris Day? That's The Man Who Knew Too Much. The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah. Okay, which is so. also a remake. So the original was with Peter Lorre. Um, oh, I didn't know that was a remake. Yeah. Oh, of one of his British films. Yes. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, um, interesting. Yeah, okay. that's an interesting one. I'm surprised Doris Day wasn't in more of his movies since he loved Blonde so much. He loved Blonde. Yeah, but. she wasn't a... Cl- I wouldn't call her like a classic Hitchcock blonde though, right? No, it was more like Tippi Hedren and yeah, Janet Leigh. Yeah, Tippi Hedren. Janet Leigh is who yeah. I'm thinking of. Oh, no, the, what was someone who's in Vertigo? Oh, um... Grace Well, no, that's, that's uh, not. uh, Kim Novak? Kim yeah. Novak, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was thinking Kim Basinger, and I was like, no, definitely not Kim Basinger. Well, obviously, um, Grace <laughs> Kelly was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of uh, was it Eva Marie Saint? She was the one in yeah. um, North by Northwest. She's in North by Northwest, yeah, yeah exactly. And that's another one of my favorites, is North by Northwest. Yeah. And I think that was also, I mean, I just remember The Man Who Knew Too Much and Vertigo playing. It almost seemed like every month yeah. they would have, a, maybe they would do a Hitchcock. I don't even know marathon, but I would always watch those. Yeah. Well, the fun part about the um, the trouble with Harry is you get to see Jerry Mathers, who was better he's known as little, the Beaver. Yeah, but he's really young. I think it's pre Beaver. Pre Beaver. Yeah. yeah, it's pre him starting. I think he was a very cute kid. That's another good topic. We do child actors that right. really never had a career after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who didn't have a career after? Yeah. Jerry Mathers. Well, I mean, Leap to Beaver was big. It was, but what did he do as an adult? Well, then he came back as an adult. Remember? Well, then uh, Wally ended up becoming a. No, it was. Um, who was the Who was the kiss ass neighbor? Eddie Haskell. Eddie Haskell. He ended up becoming a real police officer. Eddie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That actor. Yes. I always yeah I still refer to kids as Eddie Haskell. As like, this kid's such an Eddie Haskell. <laughs> I know how to work the adults and the parents. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay, back to Hitchcock. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I love the birds. I love I love Hitchcock also because we grew up here where he films. Yeah. Because it's in San Francisco in the Bay Area, Napa. So I love watching. um, Yeah, just the seaside, like where he films. It's really great. Well, Bodega Bay was where the birds was. Yeah, but it was also based on a story that happened in Capitola, right? Santa Cruz Capitola. A bunch of seagulls dropped from the sky. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and then you never saw Shadow of a Doubt. I have not seen that yet. Yeah, I've got so that's that where seems just because it was filmed in Santa it's Rosa. It's in Santa Rosa, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. And it's one of those psychological, creepy thrillers. Yeah, right? it sounds creepy. It is, but it, it's really good. <laughs> Teresa Wright and uh, um, Joseph Cotton. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I need to put that on the list. I have a lot I need to put on the list, and then I get a lot mixed up that I have watched, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I can distinguish Rope from. I don't know. Some, Rope is another just, one of yeah. the early noir, more noir yeah. movies that he did. Rope's one of the movies where he's in one room the whole time. Okay, so, so that's not the movie I'm thinking yeah. of. What's the movie where they're in like a castle? <laughs> it seems. Oh, Re- Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's really good. It's a little bit long. Um, yeah. And it's one of, I think it's his first American film. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure but, it's Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. With Joan Fontaine. So you should yes. definitely check out. 
pre pre the British um, films. Yeah. Those are really good. I mean, the actors aren't as well known, but the it's definitely worth. Yeah, I think it's I'm really always almost about to buy the Hitchcock bundle on yeah. iTunes. I think you can buy almost everything. Yeah, as like you know, for two hundred dollars or something. It, it'd be worth it. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because be. pretty much all this stuff is is really really good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. Thanks, Lynn. That was it. Sorry. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. Boring. Okay, so we're gonna do a little bit of a roundtable this time with uh, David and Samantha. Hello. The dynamic hey. duo. So oh. we're going to go over Hitchcock films. Samantha's a huge Hitchcock fan. She'll, she'll go into more details about her, her love of Hitchcock and her history. We shall see. <laughs> but first we'll start with David. So give me your, maybe your top three favorite Hitchcock movies, unless you have a ton more, so. Uh, top of the list, just for the sake of not being like Psycho and The Birds yeah. and all that. I'll just say Rebecca. Oh, that's a good one. Because um, I think it was like his first American movie, so he yeah. was still like kind of getting the hang of everything, and it was really creepy, and it kind of like set up a lot of what you were going to see down the line yeah. of like the kind of his cinematography and like his kind of look and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just remember the first time I saw it, and it was just like really creepy, and it's so effective of getting into her head of like, well, is she going crazy? Like, maybe she's not. Right. Or, yeah. So I always thought that was really cool. But is, then... Is um, that Joan Fontaine's first movie? I'm kind of looking it up right now. I don't but know. I don't know if it's her first, but she might have won an Academy Award for it. Uh, I think it won... They won in the film one, I think, best... Best film? It know. won best picture. Yeah, best okay. Picture. She received the first mm-hmm. of three nominations, but okay. And then she won next year in a Hitchcock movie called Suspicion. Yeah, that was so. the second American movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a nice little run for her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then aside from that, I mean, growing up with Cable, yeah. you know, the same movies were always on of, like, Psycho and Rear Window right. and all those. And um, I guess out of all of his, like, really popular, like, kind of mainstay ones, I'd say I probably prefer Psycho out of all of mm-hmm. them. Um, and have a soft spot for Vertigo because yeah. uh, my friend used to bartend at the bar Vertigo in San Francisco. Oh, nice! And so they'd always have DVDs on the background, and one of the their go tos is always Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. So I've seen it a million times, but <laughs> never with the sound on. <laughs> it is one of the stranger. Like it's the last at least straightforward Hitchcock yeah. film. It, yeah. There's a lot going on. The visuals you know. are. The- one of the coolest though yeah so, yeah it's makes fun it great for a bar movie. i know yeah. well we went filming in san francisco so that's uh mm-hmm. yeah that was yeah. always good so wait, wait, those are your top three huh? all right okay so here now we're gonna get really in depth i know i'm hyping you up so oh, much no. here but so okay so you wrote a thesis in college on hitchcock so, I, I'm I, de- so what happened there i did i um yeah, I had study. I studied English in college, but somehow hacked the system in my senior year. Instead of taking an English literal literature course for my like final senior thesis, I took a Hitchcock movie class. So once a week, we watched a film and like talked about it. And yeah, so I wrote a paper at the end. Um, yeah, I don't really remember much about it, but I wish um, you still had it because we could make, we could put that in the show notes. Oh just, no! Like, <laughs> bonus extra extra uh, content. Share but, my like, college. So writing. how long was the actual paper? 
I was like 20 something pages. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I talked about like four movies, mm-hmm. uh, four or five movies. Um, and it was kind of like about, I've always, I really like like symbolism in movies, mm-hmm. and I think Hitchcock does a great deal with that. Oh, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I kind of talked about how there's a lot of important objects that show up in his films, yes. and they're often um, tied really closely to murder um, or kind of the women who get murdered um, because they're usually ladies who get killed in his films. I always found it interesting (laughs) that he would, um, he'd always put himself in the beginning of the film because he didn't want the him to distract from the actual yeah. plot. So you always have to find him in yeah, the beginning. Yeah, he always pops up like walking down the street yeah. or getting off the, like, just, did he, I'm trying to remember, in like the birds, did he get off a cable car I or believe something? So. Yeah. Or yeah. He was in, in a cable car. I remember that one. He's one of the few possibly. directors that could, I mean, he really was yeah. as big as, as the film. I mean, yeah. not just with wise but his uh his whole persona and everything so how many films did you actually watch in that class i i don't remember we watched all of the classic ones okay um and then we watched some of his english yeah, yeah. films that he filmed in england mm-hmm. um and then transitioned over to the american films all the way up to um i think the last one we watched was either marnie mm-hmm. or was it Frenzy? Frenzy came, yeah, that was the second to last one. Yeah, yeah, so we watched Marnie, which I hadn't even heard of part of yeah. the class, and I really recommend it to people um, who maybe aren't huge Hitchcock fans mm-hmm. or who don't have a lot of Hitchcock background yeah. because it's a bit different. It is. It is um, really different. And yeah. uh, I think it's the only other Tippi Hendren movie besides The Birds, right? That's I, with, with Hitchcock. And Sean Connery's in it, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and I think... Um, was she? Was it really? Tippy Hedren? Was it? I thought I don't it was. No, I'm looking at it up. I huh? think so. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because I guess it. Well, she ended up having major issues with Hitchcock, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, either the payday was good or it hadn't fully uh, developed yet. Yeah. Okay, so since you're, I'm going to give you a top five since you actually wrote a paper on it. Oh, God. Uh, so what, what are your, your five favorite? Well, yeah, I think the, the major one I kind of wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. um, another one that people aren't super familiar with is Shadow of a Doubt. Mm-hmm. It came out in 43, and it was one of his first American films, uh, still filmed in black and white, sure. kind of has that film noir feel. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the premise is, this man is a murderer, and you know it from the beginning. Yep. There's not much of a mystery, but everyone he encounters is completely oblivious. Um, and it was it's based in Santa Rosa, so super close to here. And Here being California, by yes. the way, if you do happen to listen outside. Bay area, <laughs> Bay area. And, yeah, so this guy um, shows up to visit his family. Uh, his name's Uncle Charlie, and he has this really strange relationship with his niece who also goes by the name Charlie. Mm-hmm. Teresa Wright. Yeah. yeah. And she yeah, she's great in that film. Yeah. Um and so yeah, she starts to get suspicious. So where the idea of shadow of a doubt comes into play, she starts to doubt who he is and kind of starts to figure out that, oh, I think he's a murderer. There's yeah. this serial killer on the loose. And so yeah, throughout the film, you kind of see her try to figure things out, and then he starts to realize that, oh, she knows something, so it gets super suspenseful, yeah. and you keep wondering, like, is he going to throw her off the stairs, or is he going to kill her in this restaurant, right. or something, and yeah, I don't want to give away the ending, <laughs> but it's great, and um, 
yeah, I think one of my one of my favorites. Um, and then it's one of the common themes is always questioning your sanity. Mm -hmm. you know, like he seems to do that in a lot yeah. of his films. And so. Yeah, definitely. And if um, you want to, there's a, another film called Stoker. Have you seen that? No. Um, it is based off of this movie, actually. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. um, and then I'm not. I don't want to butcher the director's name. Okay. Do you know <laughs> the this Chandler Park. Yeah. The yeah. same dude that did um, the Korean old boy and oh, okay. uh, like Lady Vengeance and yeah. stuff like that. Or Wikipedia says Park Chan Wook, and then Ridley Scott produced it. Okay. Um, yeah, and it came out a few years ago, and it's loosely inspired by Shadow of a Doubt. It's mm -hmm. the same idea of this weird relationship between an uncle and his teenage niece, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, there's kind of these weird like sexual undertones, oh, okay. but then Definitely also creepier. Yeah, yeah, than a yeah. Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So the Stoker really kind of plays up their odd relationship, and then um, it's, a lot, it's more violent. Oh yeah, <laughs> than of course. Hitchcock, yeah. Than Hitchcock. Um, yeah, so definitely Shadow of a Doubt, one of my tops um, so yeah, in terms Marnie, of plot. Yeah, yeah Marnie's strange. Mm -hmm. I, I liked Marnie because it's kind of the female version of Psycho in yeah, a way. Totally. Yeah, totally. Because it's this woman who's kind of driven crazy, weird relationship with her mom. Yep. Um, I was never actually a big fan of Psycho. Really? So, okay. Um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, I guess once you get past the shower scene, it's like... Okay, when well, are they going to figure things out well, it's here? Like two, it's like two different movies. I mean, really, yeah. that's... Um, so, okay, so you have Marnie. You Marnie, have Shadow, of a, Shadow Doubt. of a Doubt. I've always loved Rear Window. Mm -hmm. um, primarily, I think Grace Kelly is just stunning, yeah. and her outfits are magical, and she is really awesome, and she kind of acts as sort of like female... Um, figure that's really in stark contrast to Jimmy Stewart's character because right. he's stuck there in the house and she ends mm -hmm. up like going out and trying to solve things for him. And it's with the one um, of the the one room type movies mm -hmm. that Hitchcock liked to do. Yeah, so, yeah, and I really loved kind of how that movie starts where it's kind of panning and you see yeah. all the different um, places where people are living. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've, what was that window? Um, I've always kind of liked the birds. I think that was the first Hitchcock movie I ever saw. Okay, yeah. Most people have said the birds. Like that's yeah, the most that was the first one, one yeah. I saw. Yeah. I always yeah. I don't think I I like it per se. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I saw it when I was young, and it kind of freaked me out. It was kind of grossed me out. Yeah. But then I didn't like it. As much. Well, so a couple of people said they were actually attacked by birds, <laughs> so they, yeah. they, they kind of hit home. So, what did you think of his early uh, British films, like so like Sabotage, and um, there was there's another one, like The Lady Vanishes, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I like I really like like 30s, mm -hmm. really really old movies. Yeah, yeah. So I. Yeah, I enjoyed those. I have horrible recall of details, so I cannot tell you. <laughs> you know, much. this is damn good movie I memories, know. <laughs> but that's okay. All right. Yeah, well, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's cool to see. I think he's a really fun director because he created so much yeah. over kind of a variety, and you can really see the evolution well, well, of his work. Started in the yeah. 20s and then all the way to the mid 70s. Yeah. I mean, that's a. Really, I mean, yeah, nowadays, that's, that would be insane yeah. to have a career like that. So, thank you guys. Okay. Thank you. Thanks.
All right, we're here with Frank, who's been gracious enough, gracious enough to be on the, on the podcast again. How are you doing? Good, Brian. Always a pleasure to be here. All right, so this time we're going to go into Alfred Hitchcock movies, and what are your favorites, what are your memories, um, you know, any knowledge you have of, um, that would entertain the crowd. That's why I have you on the podcast. Well, I think you're just here to get grab more airtime. I don't know about my knowledge, but I would say <laughs> my top three would be, without a doubt, To Catch a Thief. Okay. One of my all-time favorite movies. Okay, um, so for Catch a Thief, what about that makes it Um, It's in the 50s, and I love the 50s-style movies there, the big cars, the scenes of you know Monaco and the south of France. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace Kelly is a screen beauty, still rates highly compared yeah. to uh, every, you know, even current day mm-hmm. um, actors. And then it's filmed in VistaVision, which That's made, right. made it kind of funky, yeah, big screen kind of thing when it looks good on you know on your DVR or when you're streaming it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, have you been to France? I have. Okay. I've been to Monte Carlo, and I've been in the south of France. I've been on the road. To, um, Grace Kelly was driving Cary Grant in the chase in the convertible, and that's the actual road that Grace Kelly drove down and where she died at when she had her stroke. That's right. Um, that was a good trip because I went into the casino where he went. I actually won three hundred bucks. Nice at the slot machines. They don't let you in the formal area without, <laughs> without, without a tuxedo and more uh, money. I think in your bank, but they let me play the slots. So. <laughs> you just had to be dapper like Cary Grant. Yes, and you know I'm a food and wine guy, so mm-hmm. just the scene at the restaurant, yeah, um, and the kitchen itself with all the glass looking in from the office into the kitchen. So um, liked all that. Yeah. So what's your number two? Number two would be North by Northwest. I another Cary Grant, yeah. Another Cary Grant. Um, I just it is a suspense thriller to the max for me, and again, it's kind of that fifties mode and uh, low tech and just the the thrill of it all. Um, yeah, and then the third one would mm-hmm. be another Grace Kelly. So Cary Grant, Grace Kelly themes here for mm-hmm. five hundred, Alex. <laughs> um, rear window just. Yeah. Just a beautiful film in terms of how it's filmed, the suspense yeah. and the concept itself and the idea. And and the great part is it's one of those Hitchcock films where it's basically in one area the whole movie, but it, you don't even realize it because it's that good of a story, right? Um, and also underrated is, is Raymond Burr as as the uh, the villain right. in that. You don't really see him that much up close, but. It's pretty awesome. Dial M for Murder is another Hitchcock. That's another. Right? I would yeah. put that one clean up then. And that's another Grace Kelly. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's another one where it pretty much takes place in one room. Right. So, so you have that one. It's uh, speaking one room uh, or one uh, shot or uh, movie. So you have that one. You have Rope, which is James Stewart, and Lifeboat, which not a lot of people talk about. Lifeboat's an interesting one. Yeah, and I, I'm not a big James Stewart fan. For really? Yes. Wow. See, I, I absolutely. I love James Stewart. Is that because of the Christmas movie? No, I. It's a Wonderful Life is obviously Thank a you. classic, but um, no, I just I he's the he seems like the everyday man. You know, it's the Mister Deeds, not Mister Deeds, but Mister Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, I just always liked him. But my all-time favorite actor is Cary Grant because Cary Grant could play any character. It could be serious. He could be funny. He could be charming. He could be. He could have yeah. He could have played James Bond. He very easily. Could. I think actually, I think they wanted him to. Um, but I don't know if he was too old. Pretty or... good from a guy from Iowa. Not bad. <laughs> that accent. <laughs> That's right. The, the Catch a Thief, though, I mean, 
some of his uh, shirts he wears and stuff like that plays funky in the vision sure. the film and mm-hmm. the scene in the flower market where he had the striped shirt on with the flowers. Yeah. And so and I also like that Hitchcock is in is in um, all his movies. I would right. probably do that too if I was the director. He's one of those directors that are, he's almost bigger than the film. You know, and there are many. And he's directors a big guy like too. Yeah, so his films true. have to be big. <laughs> That's true. But no, he's he's one of those iconic people that is just bigger than the movies themselves. So. Yes. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure. Okay, so we have the dynamic duo of the two Bryans. So my other brother, Brian, is here, and so we're going to get into his favorite Albert Hitchcock movies. So have at it. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. That was very good. <laughs> Did you watch his TV show? I think I saw it a little bit as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, it's hard to remember it. I remember him popping up. Yeah. And the the theme music and he walks into the silhouette. Yeah. Well we really kept him in the limelight, you know. Yeah. Like if you if you didn't see his films, he was gonna be in your in your house. So yeah. that's that was kinda cool. So go ahead. Alright. So uh, yeah, I have a I couldn't really decide on my favorite Hitchcock film because mm-hmm. I like so many of them. Um, but I did come up with a list of about five. Okay. And this is in no particular order. So <laughs> <laughs> um, one is Vertigo. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start in this one. This one's just good all the way through. Um, being a Bay Area native is being, helps, yeah, yeah. I think I like the aspect, the San Francisco aspect of it. Uh, it goes to San Juan Batista too, and the mission, mm-hmm. kind of the mystery surrounding the the female lead. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank on her name, Carlotta. Kim slash, Novak. Kim No. Yeah, no, I knew yeah. Kim, Kim okay, Novak, but I meant yeah. I meant the character's name. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Carlotta slash. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, well, as you yeah. find out. This, I should have I should have done more research. Vertigo is one of those weird ones where it's not um, it's not as straightforward as, as some of his other films. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I was just listening to another movie podcast, which I won't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was they did a show on Rear Window. It's applicable today of how we use the internet, where we're just kind of disengaged with the world, and it's, it's kind of the same as what um, Jeff does. Uh, the uh, Jimmy Stewart character is yeah. named Jeff in the, in the movie, and he's he becomes kind of disengaged with his real life and is you know obsessed with, with staring out the window right. the window at his neighbors in the in the apartment complex, mm-hmm. and it's sort of it's it's a little of a of a parallel to what we do today on the on the internet or even TV. Right, we're just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna tune out like what's at home or what's what's in the world around me, and I'm just gonna right. look at like get all my information or my perception through this screen and so, even though you're out and about you're still yeah. looking at your phone the whole time like yeah. you can't put it down yeah so that, that's yeah. interesting so it's good and I, I love grace kelly too and, and sure. jimmy stewart they're both great in that movie yeah um, yeah and raymond burr <laughs> yeah people <laughs> playing a villain yeah. rather than a rather than the heroic Perry well Mason. it's always from afar yeah and you never actually hear his voice i don't think yeah i think so, maybe yeah. maybe towards the end yeah yeah you yeah. see he talks but yeah um North by Northwest. Yep. Cary Grant is one of my favorite actors of all time. So, yeah, me too. Um, love that movie. The, it's probably like the epitome of Hitchcock's wrong man yep. movies. So, I mean, that's definitely a recurrent theme in a lot of his movies. Well, he made a movie called The Wrong yeah, Man. Yeah, which I haven't <laughs> seen, actually. It's yeah. an, it's, supposedly it's a true story. So oh. it's um, with Henry Fonda. Um, okay. Yeah, it's one of his, you know, I think late 40s ones. So it's kind of got that, you know, very yeah. noir vibe to it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, um, 
I love that it ends up on Mount Rushmore at the end. Yeah. Because it's like the cheesiest place possible, but it's, it becomes sort of suspenseful. And it's it's a little bit like a James Bond movie because yeah. you have like this villain who's hiding out like on this national monument. Yeah. And it's it just, I don't know. James Mason's <laughs> great. In that yeah, movie. he's great yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then The Birds, just for its sheer creepiness. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's really like no explanation for what's going on. And they have, I think they maybe theorize in the movie, but it's like. There's nothing really to explain what's going on with, with you know, it's just this horror. You know? Right. You're like, why did the birds and Why are they turn attacking? Yeah. And what are they doing? And yeah, and how do you escape it? And I think the ending where they're they're driving across the bridge and yeah. there's the birds are sitting up there. Well, that, that's what they wanted to do. Oh, they wanted to, yeah. yeah. Um, the, that, I was that, thinking, maybe yeah. I saw some mock up of what, yeah, it must have been an image I've seen on the DVD or something. Yeah, but. exactly. It, I mean, that would have <laughs> been the perfect ending. Um, yeah. I don't think they had the money to actually do it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of a weird ominous feeling, you know, where it's just they're, yeah. they're all quiet for now, but you don't. Yeah, I mean, most of the movie is very ominous, and yeah. then there's the parts where parts where the the birds are actually attacking, which right. is just kind of surely horrifying. Yeah, think totally. about. Like, <laughs> it, I still to this day, like if I go outside and see a whole bunch of like seagulls or crows all gathered <laughs> together, I'm like, mm, I'll just Excuse step yeah, a little bit carefully <laughs> and hope they won't notice me too much. Um, <laughs> it was funny because so I, I mentioned it earlier in my intro, which mm-hmm. you'll eventually hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad told me next to nothing about the movie except somebody gets their eyes poked out and so i'm like okay i'm, I'm in i'll, I'll in see a bad it. way yeah, exactly <laughs> okay so yeah. what's your last one and my last one is uh notorious yeah, which yeah. is maybe i don't know it's a lesser known one of his although still pretty famous but yeah there's another cary grant um and this time it has ingrid bergman mm-hmm. who's another of my favorite actors yeah um, i know this one's just kind of a good suspense movie and it's a good kind of spy secret agent thing Double agent. Yeah, very post World War Two. Yeah, type, and type Claude Rains is a great villain. He's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing I really like in this one is Hitchcock's cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at a party and they have to they have to get inside of the the wine cellar to, mm-hmm. to find something, and um, they know that Claude Rains will go down and get more champagne as it's going as as it's being used up. So you see Hitchcock come on the screen, grab a glass of champagne, chug it, and leave. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you're you're adding to the suspense. He's like adding to the suspense right. and putting his characters in, in With, further peril. And usually so. he would always be in the beginning because yeah. he didn't want to take away from the plot. But that's yeah, but he few. actually he yeah. actually added to the plot in yeah. the one, which I thought was really cool. That's cool. That's yeah. great. All right. So well, yeah. Thank you, Brian. Cool. My pleasure. All right, we're here with Dane, who was on the first podcast about his, it was Inner Space, I believe. Yeah. So that was, that was good. Um, and so now we're going to talk about Hitchcock, but we're going to talk about um, not necessarily his movies. And so Dane has an interesting perspective about Hitchcock. So go ahead. Yeah, um, although I have seen some of the movies, uh, what left an impression on, on me was uh, an episode of the uh, uh, Hitchcock series from the 50s yeah. that uh, just uh, preceded the Twilight Zone. Uh, it sort of paved the way in a, in a way, although he's pure suspense and that's more sci-fi fantasy but yeah um but the episode i'm thinking of is called uh, man on a ledge mm-hmm. and uh i am not going to avoid spoilers if it <laughs> yeah. no at this day. point yeah if you haven't seen it yet too bad yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting because it's about a guy who uh he goes up uh you know the top of a skyscraper in new york city i think and mm-hmm. he's uh, threatening to jump off the ledge and uh, you know the, the police show up and they send a, a cop up to try and talk him down. Mm-hmm. And as he's uh, you know powwowing with this guy and uh, you know asking him about his life, why are you up here? And like you know he he said uh, you know my wife left me. He's all, hey man, you know that 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 happens to a lot of people. It's not worth it, you know. 
And uh, but as they start, uh, you know, chatting and getting deeper into the details, it turns out that his his wife left because she was cheating on him with the cop. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's trying to talk him down? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good. That's uh, a great one. Event. Yeah. And they actually um, they remade that episode when they brought back uh, the Hitchcock series in the '80s. Okay. That reboot. Mm-hmm. And Mark Hamill uh, from Star Wars played oh, the no. guy who was on the ledge. Oh, okay. Um, and you know what? Now that I'm I, I, I'm thinking about it, it was yeah. called Man on the Edge. Okay. Yeah. Being somewhat creative, mm-hmm. the title there, uh, and then. That should be distinguished from the movie Man on a Ledge, yeah. which was a few years ago, mm-hmm. which wasn't so great, if I recall. But, um, I think a lot of people forget about his TV show, and it was really yeah. influential. I mean, it kept him in the homes, and yeah. if you didn't see his films, you so saw So this that. was the 50s, which to yeah. me is ancient history, but <laughs> his career was already well, well underway. Easily. He was over it, yeah. basically. He was at the tail end of it by yeah. then. Um, so the 60s... I think Psycho came out in the early 60s. Came out in 60, and then The Birds yeah. came out in 63. So he was in so, yeah. the twilight of his career when he was yeah. doing a lot of things that we, he's most famous for. Now. Yeah, which is crazy, and that, I guess that happens a lot. He's one yeah. of those directors, I mean, he really started in the 20s, and it's yeah. pretty much had a nice career the whole way through. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what I, what I noticed about uh, you know the series, which is on Netflix, uh-huh. uh, you can watch to your heart's content, yeah. there's like... Um, like 30 or 40 episodes in a season. Mm-hmm. And they were like 20 to 25 minutes yeah. like today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were really productive back then. Yeah. So there's like eight seasons of it. and But, you know, really effectively from our, today's standpoint, yeah. like 16 seasons. Right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I haven't seen that many episodes. Does he show up in the film, like in the actual episodes or is it only the no, intro? No, not most of them, just the intro. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, he shows up at the end too. Yeah. To tie to sort of, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't want to compare it to uh, Tales from the Crypt from HBO, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't. You know, I, I I can't believe they weren't that they weren't you know influenced by Hitchcock. It's, it's true. You know, yeah. I think he liked puns too, but also yeah. very uh, like almost ridiculously dry. So was Hitchcock? Bef- so Hitchcock was before the Twilight Zone. At least the yeah. show. Okay. So I think yeah. Um, I think it debuted in '55. Okay. They overlapped a little bit. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. It's really uh, Twilight Zone is. You know, more outlandish, frankly, more entertaining, I guess, because mm-hmm. they did a lot of, you know, there's like creature effects and sure. things like that. And, uh, you know, I, they were also, they had episodes about things that were, you know, trendy then, like astronauts and right. things like that. And mm-hmm. Hitchcock didn't really do a lot of that. No. It's like, you know, uh, they'd have episodes about uh, paralegals in uh, some small English town or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like Twilight Zone more, I admit. But, yeah, yeah it's, uh, but I did uh, acknowledge that... Uh, yeah, sort of paved the way for it. Yeah, I, we could probably do an episode just on the Twilight Zone, like our favorite yeah. episodes for that. Which and they both be had eighties reboots. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And the third time Twilight Zone did a reboot, they really, you know, overextended themselves. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I think there was even a podcast like a Twilight Zone like radio type podcast, but um, I don't know if it's well, still sure there. Is, yeah, uh, that'd be kind of fun. So, movie speaking, so you, you you haven't really got into the Hitchcock films, but the ones that no. you have seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall finishing them. They mm-hmm. they were uh, very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you read the description, and so I was excited to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like the lady vanishes. You know? Sure. Or um, the lifeboat one. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's just called lifeboat. It is. Yeah. yeah. But I I don't remember how they finished <laughs> or how they ended. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't recall anything from them. But okay, I know that they had very uh, promising uh, uh, setups. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm not one to say that they didn't fulfill it, but I don't know. I think it's just kind of a generational thing. It's not sure. that just the interpersonal drama. You know, just the real basic stuff is not that compelling to me. Okay, and, you know, and probably you know, a lot of people who are used to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
even something that, even something as basic as it's not in color yeah probably doesn't help we should know? definitely if you haven't seen Rear Window um, yeah. that might be interesting for you but um, yeah is that the one what's the one that takes place in where it has a scene a famous scene in San Francisco right? Like, that might be Vertigo, Vertigo. I think it's yeah. Vertigo yeah Vertigo's weird the Vertigo's got not as straightforward as some of the other ones there's a lot yeah. going on um, there obviously the birds um, if you North want by Northwest I, I yeah, that's a good, that yeah that's a yeah. good one um, To Catch a Thief another Cary Grant movie um and then a really one towards the end of his career that I think is really underrated is Frenzy. And so that came in 72. So it's just your oh. traditional psycho killer on the loose in England. So um, that might be one. Wow, interesting. Check out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somewhat tangential, but I know mm -hmm. that like a lot of uh, the kind of classic age of horror movies of Vincent Price and all that, yeah. it was uh, going out of fashion by the 70s. And so those guys started popping up and uh, I guess sort of, I don't know, selling out in some ways to, to, to be like the, uh, they just be like a kind of the introduction of an anthology or something yeah, uh, yeah. that that was just kind of thrown together. But, um, yeah. So yeah, by, I, by the early seventies, I figured that, uh, people like Hitchcock, his style was kind of going out. Say, but yeah. then again, I mean, Psycho was usually influential and that came toward the, yeah, the, what the most 60s. people would say is that the peak of your That's career it, or anyone's career, if they were going to have one, it would have happened in Forties, probably. And as we were talking about before yeah. before the interview, so Psycho Two and Psycho Three came out <laughs> yeah. in the eighties, which I have no idea why. Psycho Two was so it was like nineteen sixteen, yeah. and the sequel was in the yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sadly, I probably have more. Uh, well, I don't think I was gonna say. I, I think I have more images of like the eighties Psycho movies in sure. my head, but that one was so uh, influential, the original, that I, I yeah. actually don't think that's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there are other sequels that have sort of overshadowed um the originals yeah well, that's not one of them yeah <laughs> cool well Definitely. thank you <laughs> thank you dan all right cool okay so we're going to do another fabulous round table with chris who was on the podcast last episode on the famous movie villains who did a wonderful singing number that many people have been raving about. So. <laughs> many people. Many people, yes. And then we have a newcomer. We have Cynthia. So welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you. All right. So this for this episode, we're going to go into um, our favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies. And so why don't we start with Cynthia? So what what is your favorite, or what is the first Alfred Hitchcock movie you saw? Oh, the first one was probably Psycho. Okay. Like, yeah. So was that, what about Psycho stuck with you, if anything? Oh, the famous shower scene. The shower scene. Yeah. yeah. So did that freak you out in the sense that you, you know, <laughs> you kind of leery getting into the shower going forward, or was it like ah, it's a movie, whatever? I'm I'm gonna forget it. Yeah, it's a movie. You forget. But um, I thought it was interesting. I read something I remember about like there's the heartbeats, and somehow that makes the audience's yeah. members' heartbeats too, which I thought was that part was kind of freaky. Yeah, and um, it's interesting they did it in black and white because the blood was technically chocolate syrup that went into the into the tub because it whatever the consistency worked better, and so and I think a lot of that could have been made to oh wait back then I think mm -hmm. it was in color it would have been a lot different of a movie. Maybe black and white made it a little less freaky. I don't know. But, um, okay, so what, then what is your favorite Albert Hitchcock movie? Favorite? Uh, well, I remember The Birds. The Birds. Part of it. Okay. Parts of it. <laughs> so, so what about The Birds stuck out for you the most? Um, well, I think it's kind of different in what it uses to horrify people. It was mm -hmm. like 
just something simple <laughs> like a bunch of birds pecking at you yeah. or something like <laughs> pretty freaky so did that scare you off of birds going forward or no you're, no you're okay with that <laughs> yeah one? i'm okay, okay. with them <laughs> so what if a bird flew into the shower <laughs> You'd be okay. But I did get pecked by a crow once. No way. Yeah, I did. I did. I was at the park and I heard a bunch of little birds in the bush and I didn't think much of it. And next thing you know, like the mom came out and I oh, felt something. Oh, no way. And I totally went in a panic frenzy, like <laughs> flapping my arms no. up in the air. Yeah, that was scary actually. Yeah, yeah. birds have that reputation now. Okay, Chris, are you going to sing your intro? Birds? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I haven't. I probably have not seen any Alfred Hitchcock movie, but I've seen like the making or, or like a documentary on the birds. The birds. So I think HBO did a special series on Alfred Hitchcock uh -huh. and his obsession with the uh, with the female leads. With blondes mostly. Yeah, but yeah. this one in particular. What's her name again? Tippi Hendren. Yeah. Who yeah. is also the daughter? Or sorry, her daughter is. Melanie Griffith. Right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So um, I remember like this bird scene where they like they were after her, like pecking her all over, and then I said, there were there many or just one? There, were, I think there were many. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that she had to do it over and over, and like Alfred, I think he was super obsessed with her, and he wouldn't let go. Yeah. He had. I mean, he she had to be scary enough, and she wasn't getting scary enough, and. Um, I don't know. It was a very weird movie. Yeah. I mean, the making was very, or the documentary was. Um, how do I say it? Um, disturbing. Like really? how yeah. a, a director could be so obsessed with, or a person could be so obsessed with enough. Well, and he was powerful enough in the industry right. to get away with it too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So that was also one of the things yeah. they highlighted. Yeah. It's interesting that I'm surprised she agreed to be on another film because she was in another movie called Marnie. Right. Um, and this is after the birds. So I wonder why. Obviously, either she wanted the, the role or... Uh -huh. She had no choice or, or I don't know. Because, yeah, back then the studios kind of owned you. All right. So we're here with Celine, and we're going to go over Hi. her favorite Hitchcock movies. So go ahead. All right. Well, um, I like... I like Hitchcock movies. They're definitely something that I, I can, you know, I can watch a Hitchcock movie over and over again. Um, and I like some of the better known, I think, I think most people know his stuff, like, um, from the 50s the, yeah. and 60s, the American stuff. Yeah. And I, I do like some of that stuff. I really like Rear Window. That's one I haven't seen in a long time, so now I have a plan to watch it again <laughs> soon, somehow. You're welcome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, and Vertigo, I really like Vertigo, um, but I was, I had, was thinking about Hitchcock movies recently, because we were talking about it before, and I had forgotten that, um, there's one from the 30s, from his British period, before he came to the States, called The 39 Steps, yeah. which I've seen a couple times, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And I and I think that that is maybe my favorite or up there. It's definitely, and that's one of his better known British films. And that actually might be yeah. his one of his most famous. So what about yeah. Thirty Nine Steps? Um, I just the, let, there was always that sense of like, um, well, I mean, you always have this in the Hitchcock movie of the person who is like being uh, unfairly persecuted, mm -hmm. but you know, you somehow know in the end 
that they're going to, that things will be all right. They'll be vindicated. Right. But there's always that, I like, you know, there's always that sense of, you know, suspense and um, just these, these two, like, strangers basically hook up yeah. and end up going on this big adventure, you know? I think a lot of his British films, um, like Young and Innocent, uh, Sabotage, Saboteur, they have that kind of, like, those two strangers meet mm-hmm. that then seem to help each other. I don't know if it's a kind of the pre-war. Um, Maybe, strategy, yeah. But, no, those are interesting, yeah. Now, did he do, what was the one in the 40s? Gaslight. Was that Hitchcock? It seems like a Hitchcock movie, but it's not. It's uh, not, yeah. okay. Cause but it's, it's very... It's a really good movie, too. It's a great movie. It's very yeah. much, like, Notorious. Yeah, Because um, exactly. of the poisoning and, and kind of leading her to feel that she's insane, but she right. really isn't. And Ingrid and Bergman's in both. And, so. not- and Notorious is a Hitchcock. Notorious is Hitchcock. It's, it, which I've seen both of them. Yeah. yeah and that's right. actually one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Cary Grant so. is always amazing. So. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, those are interesting. So 39 Steps. What are the other ones? And then, well, you reminded me of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I should say that on your podcast. That's okay. We do talk <laughs> about these things outside of your podcast. See, this is what uh, you, this causes discussions, which uh, is always good. Yeah. Well, you reminded me of Strangers on a Train, which I haven't mm. seen in well over a decade, but mm-hmm. I've seen it a couple times, and that's a really good one. Again, strangers, but this time the stranger is more menacing. That's you know, right. They don't. They don't. He's just not like helping the other guy out. Well, the plot's kind of ingenious. Right? Yeah. Have these two people who've never met mm-hmm. who want to commit a murder for the other person, so there's no connection. Right. Um, it's really a fascinating topic. It's a good one. That's another one I have to watch again soon. And the and the yeah. other one, if you want another train type movie, I don't know if you ever seen the uh, Lady Vanishes. Um, I don't think I have seen that one. So it's about a woman who is on a train. She's mm-hmm. played by uh, Dame Mae Whitty. Mm-hmm. And her name's Mrs. Froy. And then magically, Mrs. Froy just kind of disappears. And this woman who made friends with her briefly keeps looking for Mrs. Froy. And oh, so it's kind of that standard questioning her sanity type thing because nobody has heard about Mrs. Froy. Nobody's seen her. But this woman knows that Mrs. Froy is on the on the train so the whole movie is trying to figure out I should yeah. I should see that. is that now is that from his uh, British Brit- the so earlier I think it's 38 so yeah the first US film I believe is Rebecca so um, he did that from, one yeah now yeah. that was a good one that was. and I read the book yeah. so yeah there's another slowly going insane type yeah. <laughs> movie so there's a common thing right. going right that one's good and uh, Suspicion did you ever see it with Joan Fontaine and Cary Grant that came, I think yeah. I have but maybe a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen a lot of those big 40s. Mm-hmm. That was like, what, 40, I 41? Be- I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And then he had a weird one. Um, it was his only straightforward comedy. It was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, and not, not the Brad Pitt movie. But, no, no. Uh, yeah. But uh, with Carol Lombard and Robert Montgomery. Which, yeah, it's a straight-up comedy. Yeah. Um, it's just about a fighting couple. Um, oh, okay. Really which Carol Lombard did really well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we we can, get into some My Man Godfrey and things Oh my like god, that. that's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. It really is. So we have to, well, I won't. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, but no. no, I was going to say, in the future, do a do a favorite black and white or favorite oh, classics definitely. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, mine would definitely be like the Thin Man series and it's things good. like that. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I love William Powell and yeah. My Man Godfrey. So. Yeah. And him and, and Myrna Lloyd. Oh, perfect. Great. Great chemistry, yeah, yeah. That would so. be a good one. Movie couples that weren't really couples, but yeah. it, they should have been like, in yeah. real life because they were that good. Yeah. So. I think we talked about earlier, like Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. Yeah, they exactly. Would, yeah, they would work good. Well, thank you, Celine. Thank you, Brian.
Okay, so we have a real round table this time. So we have Josephine and Malin and Danielle all together. One big happy Hitchcock family. Okay. <laughs> all right, so again, you guys, whatever your favorite Hitchcock films are, let me know. Let me hear why, um, you know, what he means to you, how it's changed your life, whatever. Whatever you're into, let me know. First, we'll go with Josephine. So what are your favorite or... or or the, the films that you go back to the most? I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of Hitchcock films. Probably not as like a, a film scholar would. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite is probably Notorious. Mm. Just because I really love um, Ingrid Bergman and um, Cary Grant. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, it reminds me a little bit of Pride and Prejudice, too. Just because they, they both have these really strong um, feelings toward each other. Yeah. These preconceived notions about each other. Mm -hmm. And they're really fighting it up until, you know, the very end. Yeah. Um, but I also really love Rear Window. And I really love Rope. I really like Jimmy Stewart a yeah. lot. So. Rope's an interesting one because, it, like Rear Window, it's the filmed in the one room. Mm -hmm. And he loved doing that one room, one setting um, type of shooting. The other good thing about Notorious, that's also one of my top, is uh, Claude Rains is so good at this, as the villain. Mm. Um, he really kind of makes it for me. Like mm -hmm. even though it, Bergman and, and Grant are so good, he, you need that that heavy. So. And you know, I just realized now, thinking of that guy, I forget his name. Claude Rains. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it seems to have that Hitchcock theme of. I think he's got mommy issues too, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And did you feel bad for him in the end? I didn't. Uh, uh, no, I, yeah, he he was despicable enough where he deserved what he got. Actually, he could have been a good villain on the last episode. He was, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel bad for him at all because no. I mean, look at what he did to pouring good. He was Bergen. drugging her the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So, it, which kind of reminds you of um, Gaslight. Gaslight yeah, Charles Boyer. Exactly, because she was yeah. in that too. Yeah, and yeah. I that was the. Film. I mean, I'd heard a lot about Ingrid Bergman, but that was the film where I was like, wow, she can really act. It's oh. not just she's this beautiful movie no. star. She can really act. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And yeah, actually, her husband would have been a good villain. The guy. Yeah, yeah, very much. And then Rope's an interesting one. That's um, It's one of his shorter films. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I mean, it's got that one long, continuous shot mm -hmm. that was famous for. But yeah, mm -hmm. that, that was a really good one. I, I love Jimmy Stewart, so that's, yeah, that's a really good Okay, Malin. I'm, I'm really nervous to okay. even participate in this one. Why? Because see, Hitchcock is, um, it's over, it's kind of an overwhelming category. It is. In terms That's why we did it. And not just that, but he's been like a really uh, important influence um, to me from, since a very early age. Mm -hmm. So narrowing it down to favorite films, um... Shadow of a Doubt, mm -hmm. I think, is just so compelling. Um, it's, I'm kind of thinking, um, a bit stream of consciousness here, but uh, his character development in a lot of films, I think, might be overlooked. And in Shadow of a Doubt, it does a really good job of spelling out the relationships and getting you really closely entwined yeah. into... Um, everything that's going on and it kind of plays out in slow motion it's like a family drama train crash that's just beautifully playing out yeah. in really slow motion I love that movie um, I also like Strangers on a Train mm -hmm. immensely um, correct me if I'm wrong but Patricia Hitchcock has she might. She's in a lot of his films. Like, yeah. Because like, even in Psycho, she plays the secretary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, gosh, I want to think that she's in. I haven't seen Strangers on a Train in a long time. She might. Be, I think she. I think you're right. She was in. She was either in Shadow of a Doubt or Strangers on a Train. Yeah. And I, I want to kick myself for not being able to remember, but. Um, Strangers on a Train yeah. is just... It's great. Uh, yeah, every shot is kind of perfect. The relationship between the two protagonists is mm. just dubious enough yeah. to keep you on the edge of your seat the entire time. It's a brilliant plot. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. And they're in... And I just love that there are no real good guys. Like, everybody <laughs> no, it's true. gets their hands dirty uh-huh. at, at one point. And you have all... You have mommy issues again. Mm-hmm. You have daddy issues. Yeah. You have... Uh, wife issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and a common theme with Hitchcock, you're always questioning your sanity. Like, that yeah. someone, in the, someone in the film is always on the verge of losing it. So, yeah, yeah, questioning sanity yeah. and guilt or innocence. Yep. Yep. I mean, Jimmy Stewart is all, always either like... Yes. Oh, yeah, actually, I wasn't even thinking that, but either insane or insane, uh, battling that, yeah. as well as battling... You're usually trying to prove his innocence right. amongst what seem like insurmountable odds. Like in Spellbound. It's like she's the, uh, yeah, that was a great scene like mm. with the whole weird. Uh, oh, the, the, yeah, it was. I think it was Salvador Dali, Dali. did the, yeah, yeah, did that crazy scene. Yeah, and her, yeah that. that. That's a very underrated one, too. The Spellbound, going back a couple of yeah. other podcasts, yeah. could have been included in one of my um, most terrifying moments seen at an early age where mm-hmm. the child slides down the banister yes. and lands on the fence. Uh-huh. Oh, that scarred me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Nobody picked that. Um, but he's just so good at kind of setting the scene and he, to the point where you know what is probably going to happen and you don't know how it's going to happen. Right. And then you just have to watch it yeah. play out. And it's so deliciously excruciating. Yeah. Well, that's why rear window is so good. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're you're with Jimmy Stewart basically. You're like the guy with the broken legs sitting there watching everything happen, mm-hmm. and it's like you, you can do nothing about it. It's like, yeah. it's like you, you know, get away, <laughs> you know, the brain birds coming <laughs> type of thing. So, and not just that, but with Rear Window, and I think the birds as well. Mm-hmm. Something that makes those really increasingly taut is that they become more and more claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. beginning of Rear Window, it's all about the view outside. Yeah, and as the movie goes on, the room that he's in gets darker and the camera starts, I think, getting more involved in the room. Yeah. And when it's looking out, it's taking close-ups of the action on the window. Yeah. And so it tightens in, it constructs. The birds does that as well. Yeah. Where you start with these beautiful vistas of San Francisco, the bay, the drive to Bodega Bay. Mm-hmm. And as the movie kind of plays out, it gets closer and closer yeah. until you're in this um, that house? house with yeah. no escape uh-huh. at all. It's all boarded yeah, up. Not yeah. even different rooms. That's you, right. You go into the wrong room, uh-huh. they get you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's really good about Hitchcock is that I feel like with like the whole conflict too is people kind of giving in to their baser, darker instincts or like desires. And I feel like sometimes people are trying to like um, fight against that, and you know maybe Jimmy still represents that. Yeah. But yeah. I always feel like people kind of give in, and that's when everything kind of goes mm-hmm. crazy. I did want to mention one more favorite, just really quickly. Um, So Frenzy, I think, is maybe one of... I don't hear enough good stuff about it, which makes me think that either I don't get Hitchcock, I have really bad taste, or I'm just out on a limb here. But the dark humor in that film is just so pitch perfect. I agree. From the first scene, which uh, I think is fascinating, because the way I remember it is there is... uh, a politician speaking about um, getting rid of the pollution in the Thames River. Yeah. 
And in the middle of the speech, he's interrupted by someone who notices the first corpse in the river. Yeah. And I can't help but think that that was darkly deliberate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just, and but the whole movie plays not out. Not to give so away anyway. my list, but I'm going to. Um, number nine is Frenzy on my top ten. Yay. So, yes. That, oh, I, a lot of people just haven't seen it. I think they just kind of... You know, after the birds, people just kind of like gave up on Hitchcock. I don't know why, because there's good stuff after 1963. But um, now Frenzy is totally underrated, especially if you like murder mysteries and Jack the Ripper type type stories. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Daniel, you're gonna have to jump in here because she's too busy playing on her phone. But, <laughs> but you, you're researching, Sorry. right? Yeah, no, I did not. Uh, so my favorite movie, it's I like Psycho. Psycho. Yes, for me. It's it's amazing, especially now. I, I liked it when I watched like a few years ago, but now I like it more because I'm watching Bates Motel. Mm. And then I think it's so brilliant how they're doing the link, how they are explaining Norman's childhood, right. you know, there. And then kind of get the relationship with the mother and how he became, you oh, know, yes. Yeah. yes. So, yeah, that, that's my favorite movie from him. And that's the thing about Psycho. Set. Like, they really don't explain why he's like that. Exactly. I mean, you get hints, but um, it would have been interesting. I don't think Hitchcock, like, he never did a sequel. So, um, that would have been interesting to have a yes. prequel. And now, it, with these movie series, which is not as good, of course. It's not so good, but they are making the link. So, you can get where he's... Not that I... I want to explain his actions, <laughs> not that, but like how he grew up, what right. happened to him to become like that. So that's why I like Psycho yeah. even more now, because I understand better the movie. So have you rewatched Psycho since? I the, did. Yeah. So you appreciate <laughs> it more did. now? Yes, yes, it's pretty good. And yesterday I was watching a movie actually that remind me uh, Hitchcock movies. It, it is Backtrack. I guess the hmm. movie did you ever watch? He's a psychiatric and he has something in his past and he starts having all these visions and you don't know, you as the, you know, watching, you don't know what's real and what is not. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh my God, this is kind of Hitchcock in mm -hmm. a way. I don't know. It just grabs your attention. I, I like that movie too. Yeah. So any, so those are the main ones. Do you guys, did you guys watch any of his early British films or any of those come into mind, you know, like from the thirties or? Or anything? Yeah, stage fright. Stage, I think stage fright was, was probably in the. Was that when? That was still British, right? I want to say no. Like it was past. So I pre Rebecca, I think. So movies like. Oh no! I just um, remember stage fright's 1950. Yeah, so that was that's actually not a bad one with Jane Wyman and uh, Marlene Dietrich. I think's in it. Yeah, that's uh, like all about Eve. Gone. Yeah, it is actually. Hell. That's a that's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of it, like. Hmm. There's saboteur and there was sabotage. I always get those confused for obvious oh, reasons. Uh, the man who knew too much. The original. But you can oh, speak obviously. of both ways. Yeah. Because he didn't do a sequel for a film, but he did a remake. remake. That's true. He did do. Remakes. Did you like? So which one do you like better, the one with Peter Laurie, which is the original, or the one with Doris Day and Jimmy Stewart? I have to say that I think the Peter Laurie one has uh, a bit more character and atmosphere mm -hmm. in terms of. Uh, the filming direction. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but um, yeah, I think that I prefer the older one. Okay. Did you ever see The Lady Vanishes? Yes. Yeah. Adore it. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> talk about a woman who you just can't help but fall for. Yeah. Within like 
minutes. The actress was great. I think. Yeah. Now, did she get an Oscar? I don't know. That or no, she wouldn't have. I don't I think so. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. something. And I know I think Dame it was one of her last roles. I think. So Dame May Witty plays Mrs. Froy. She's the one that actually is the lady that vanishes. Yeah. Um, but the the main uh, I can't remember her name, but that I think she it's really vanishes or what? <laughs> well, that's the point. I mean, that's the question. Your sanity. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, the woman's like, I saw Mrs. Froy, and nobody had even heard of her. So oh, that's, that's so it's a, it's kind of interesting. You could almost call this movie "Strangers on a Train" too, but because mm-hmm. um, it's on a train the whole time. I saw a remake of Lady Vanishes. It was, wasn't mm-hmm. there like a PBS remake there have been of a couple, it? I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I need um, to look for it has me confused yeah. as well. Oh, I'm watching Hitchcock, Hitchcock Presents. The TV show. Yes, mm-hmm. twenty six minutes made on love yeah. with the opening <laughs> every time. <laughs> No, it's right? an iconic no, he, opening. He presents yeah. really well, yeah. like yeah. the plot, how he says, I like watching him. And this is quick. And I watched Revenge yesterday. And it's interesting. It kind of, I don't know, I got a little lost. I need to watch that again because well, I didn't understand that much. Alfred Hitchcock presents, as, as Dane was pointing out, because he, he really wasn't into the movies, he's more into the, the show. Mm-hmm. It predates Twilight Zone, so I think maybe Twilight Zone was inspired it's, by it. Yeah. Yes, because I watched Twilight mm-hmm. Zone a lot, a many lot. times. <laughs> and I can see the, the similarity. Yes, yeah. it's, yes, it's very similar. But I think it was also one of the first instances where a director of a film became a, a marketable Character. character yeah yeah in addition to all of the work that he was doing right it really kind of he really pushed that forward with the tv series because uh in addition to the movies i was obsessed with hitchcock as the presenter for the show yep. because i just can't get enough of his humor mm-hmm. i just I, I grew up on it i think it's uh great uh, especially for this time of year now that we're getting close to halloween yeah um but also he produced uh a bunch of books hmm. with short stories, mm-hmm. like with Richard, uh, short stories by like Richard Matheson, people who were writing for um, Alfred Hitchcock Presents and The Twilight Zone and other series. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would, I just devoured all of those. And Alfred Hitchcock Magazine, yeah. um, which I have to credit for getting me into grad school because <laughs> I, I read them all and they had these kind of... Um, catch a thief or catch a murderer yeah. logic puzzles mm-hmm. in each one back when the GRE had logic games. Right. I was like, this is easy. <laughs> I've been doing them from like as, as a kid. Yeah. And yeah. So that was, that was great. Well, it's only, he's the only director I know that was in all of his movies. I mean, Tarantino kind of does a little bit, but it wasn't as fun. It's not fun like uh, Hitchcock. Woody Allen, Woody Allen, yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um, yes. But what's interesting, and Brian Provenzale brought it up, that um, in Notorious, it's one of the few times Hitchcock's in the film where he actually moves the plot along, because it's in that um, the wine cellar hmm. uh, scene, he's actually in it, where usually he's in the beginning, because he doesn't want to take away from the plot, because he doesn't uh-huh. want you to be fully involved. Oh, there's Hitchcock, and then you get out of the moment. So yeah. Yeah, I always found that interesting. So you, you were asking then how Hitchcock changed their life, right? I, well, I was kind of being no, facetious, but, but yeah. No, what were you going to say? <laughs> okay. He's like... When you take a shower and you hear a noise, <laughs> it's never that scene. I always come back to mind. Like, 
you hear you are alone and you hear noises yeah. like it's that scene that comes. <laughs> yeah. I'd say the shower scene is definitely iconic. I think Mount Rushmore for North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, even Cary Grant falling to the to the dirt when the you know the the plane the prop plane is going over him. I mean, there's so many classic. Yeah. Um, even Rear Window. I mean, just the all that. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, you can see a lot of influences. Like, um, did you guys see Tinker Tailor's Soldier Spy? No, but yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, there's a scene that I always think of Rare Window, where Mm -hmm. this guy's kind of like looking, like looking at this building, and he's just kind of seeing, you know, like this building has like all like windows, and you can see what's going on in each room, Mm -hmm. you know, as it's going, you know, as you know, in real time. It's it's totally Rare Window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I'm sure there's plenty. I mean, we could do probably just an episode on movies that aren't direct remakes of Hitchcock movies, but right. are definitely yeah. inspired so by... So yeah. Brian De Palma. Yeah, it, it's true. Like, yeah. a lot of his, yeah, a lot of um, his movies. Also, the music. Yes, um, the scores. Yeah. In mm-hmm. particular, um, uh, great, amazing music. Yeah. I think most people, when they think of Psycho, they think of the shower scene and the, the shrill screeching the violins. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the music in that film is really interesting. Oh, yeah. And beautiful, yeah. actually. Yes. Um, I had a chance to hear it performed live by the LA uh, Symphonic around Halloween time mm-hmm. another year. And it's, yeah, it, it's just amazing. It is. Yeah. I don't know. So this backtrack movie that I watched yesterday, there's a scene, a train that he's watching through the window, and the train comes, and there's this dead people staring at him, it was like, I oh, this is so Hitchcock. Like, you know, that scene is so Twilight Zone, yeah. too. Like, very remarkable on that. Special thanks to everyone that decided to be on the podcast. It's always a pleasure having people come on the show that are enthusiastic, and we keep getting a great reception. The, the episodes keep getting better and better, so thank you for that. So there were two films that could have made my top ten list. Um, but again, I had to narrow it down to 10, and that's always difficult. One being Shadow of a Doubt, which was discussed by uh, both Samantha and Malin, I believe. And Saboteur, which not to be confused with Sabotage. Um, Saboteur was, is, again, one of my favorite Hitchcock movies that isn't that well known. Um, I believe it came out in 42 or 43, and uh, that had Robert Cummings and Priscilla Lane. So that's a kind of a cool World War II uh, espionage type, type movie. So you might want to check that one out too. Uh, one of my friends, Michaela, also affectionately known as Mika, uh, couldn't be on the podcast, but she wanted um, to share that her favorite Hitchcock movie is Rear Window. And that was number two on my list too. It's hard to disagree. Mika also said how she loved how Hitchcock played with point of view shots and his clever cinematography. It's just a really fun movie. And then my other very good friend from San Francisco, Olen, was nice enough to hear about our podcast and decided to send me a very cool book entitled Footsteps in the Fog, which is um, an Alfred Hitchcock um, book, which which covers all of the famous scenes that he filmed in the San Francisco area. So this is special to me because this is where I grew up. This is where I live. So thank you again, Owen. That was a very, very sweet gift of you. I can't wait to get through it. All right. So we have to do the plugs. All right. I say this every week, and but we need iTunes reviews. We need to rate the show and review the show because the more people that rate and review, the higher in the algorithm we get, the more people listen to your wonderful interviews. So let's do that. Also, we're on Podbean at damngoodmovies.podbean.com. 
We have our own YouTube page, so be sure to check out Damn Good Movie Memories there as well. And of course, check out the Facebook page so you can get the latest updates whenever we post. All right, that's it for now. Signing off.